Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, my name is Card Rylett, and this is a History of Europe Key Battles podcast. This is part seven on a series on the Great War, 1914 to 1918, and its origins. This episode will cover a conflict called the Balkan Wars, which happened between 1912 and 1913. An analogy often given to the Balkans leading up to the First World War is a tinderbox, awaiting a flame to ignite it and set off a major conflagration across Europe. In fact, the region suffered a large-scale conflict already two years before the First World War began. Even when a settlement was found, there was still a widespread fear that the region was still left with unresolved issues, and low-level violence continued into 1914. This is the story of the precursor to the Great War, the Balkan Wars of 1912-1913. Each of the Balkan states, Greece, Bulgaria, Serbia and Montenegro, had acquired their independence from the Ottoman Empire over the course of the previous century. None of them, however, were happy with the territory under their control. Each aspired to land still under Ottoman rule in Albania, Macedonia and Thrace. The Ottomans, for their part, had grown dismissive of their former Balkan subject people's claims and underestimated the danger they posed to their rule in the empire's last remaining European provinces. Much to the surprise of many European diplomats familiar with the perennial squabbling in the region, a coalition of Balkan states emerged in 1912 with the purpose of coordinating together against the Ottoman Empire. They observed the weakness of the Ottoman Empire in the conflict with Italy and so decided to take advantage. To summarise briefly the Italian-Ottoman War of 1911-12, in 1911 the Italian navy invaded Libya and at first met with success and took control of several ports on the coast. However, they encountered much fiercer resistance further inland. Gradually, superior Italian numbers and weaponry drove back the Turkish army and local Libyan fighters. The government in Constantinople was forced into negotiation when the Italian fleet defeated the Ottomans near the port of Beirut and occupied the Dodecanese Islands in the Aegean Sea in the summer of 1912. The first agreement between Balkan states was signed in March 1912 between the Bulgarians and Serbs and facilitated by the Russians. It recognised Bulgarian interests in Thrace and Serbian interests 
in Kosovo and Albania. The most difficult part of the agreement concerned Macedonia, where Bulgarians were to obtain the southern half and Serbia the northern half. A central area around the town of Skopje was declared a contested zone, whose fate would, if necessary, be submitted to the Tsar of Russia for arbitration. A military convention soon followed with both sides promising to put at least 100,000 men in the field against the Ottomans. Some of the Serbian leaders were not satisfied with the agreement, arguing they should be entitled to more territory. When Prime Minister Milovanovic died unexpectedly in July 1912, he was replaced by an ardent nationalist, Nikola Pasic. In May, Greece and Bulgaria came to terms, although they didn't complete an agreement on their territorial aims, only that they would, quote, undertake to assist each other with all their armed forces and not to conclude peace except by joint agreement, end quote. Finally, Montenegro, with ambitions for the region of Sanjak of Novi Pazar and the Albanian port of Skutari, came to a series of verbal agreements with Serbia over these territories. They therefore completed what became known as the Balkan League. The great powers, most notably France and Austro-Hungary, tried to dissuade the League from going to war, but they were unsuccessful. Even before the onset of war, Ottoman control of Albania and Macedonia had deteriorated. The Albanians were in regular revolt, and in 1912 an uprising spilled into Macedonia as far as Skopje. The bombing of a marketplace in Kachana in Macedonia by elements of the revolutionary organisation Imro was a deliberate provocation to the Turks. The Ottoman capital, Constantinople, descended into political chaos as the young Turk government was overthrown. The cabinet resigned and on the 5th of August, Sultan Mehmet V announced new elections due for the autumn. In the meantime, the Grand Vizier brokered a deal with the Italians, where the Ottomans agreed to withdraw from Libya in exchange for return of the Dodecanese islands, neither of which were to be implemented in the end. Montenegro were the first to declare war on the Ottoman Empire on the 8th of October, and the other allies followed suit ten days later. For the Bulgarians, the main task was to drive back the enemy on the eastern plains of Thrace, although smaller forces were sent to Macedonia and others to race southwards to reach the city of Thessaloniki, before the Greeks. Their peacetime army had only 62,000 men, but they were joined by over 300,000 trained reservists. Serbia's peacetime army boasted 168,000 actives and almost as many reserves, so when fully mobilised could put about 230,000 men into the field. Greece could contribute another 200,000 troops to the coalition. Importantly, with the Ottoman navy in poor shape, the substantial Greek fleet, boasting 16 destroyers, 19 torpedo boats, a submarine and a fast armoured cruiser, ensured that the Balkan coalition could prevent the Ottomans from bringing significant reinforcements across the Aegean Sea from Anatolia. Together, the Balkan allies enjoyed a numerical advantage, 
as the Ottomans could only muster some 200,000 in Macedonia and 115,000 in Thrace. The remaining Ottoman troops were scattered throughout the near eastern regions of the empire, from Anatolia to Yemen, where a guerrilla war had smouldered since 1904. The Turkish army had modern weapons from the Germans, but lacked a competent staff to make best use of them. Nor were the troops in their light uniforms equipped with clothing suitable for a Balkan winter campaign. The Ottomans faced an attack from four of its neighbours simultaneously. Bulgaria, with the largest number of soldiers of the Balkan League, divided into two forces, some assigned to Macedonia, but the majority to Thrace. In the far southeastern corner of Europe, nearest to Anatolia, Thrace comprises open, undulating plains with few natural obstacles. The Bulgarian chief of staff, General Ivan Fichev, insisted on striking quickly, recognising that in a long war the Ottomans would be able to shift forces from its Asian territories to Europe and overwhelm the Bulgarians by weight of numbers. His men crossed the Ottoman border on the 15th of October 1912 and initially met little resistance. On the 21st of October, the Ottoman general Abdullah Pasha launched an offensive in the direction of Bulgaria along a line from Adrianople to Lozengrad, known to the Turks respectively as Edene and Kirk Lareli. His intention was to envelop both flanks of the approaching Bulgarian advance between the two Ottoman forts. In so doing, he abandoned previous plans for a more defensive posture until reinforcements from Anatolia could arrive. The resulting Battle of Luzengrad took place over the course of three days, on the 22nd to 24th of October, along a 36-mile front. The Bulgarian First Army, facing the main force of the Ottoman Thrace Army, bore the brunt of the fighting, but successfully defended off an attack. The Bulgarian Third Army, meanwhile, amidst heavy rain, launched an infantry assault, supported by artillery, on the antiquated fortifications of Luzengrad. On the second day of battle, the Ottomans abandoned the fort of Luzengrad and made an ill-disciplined retreat back towards the southeast. The next day, the rest of the Ottoman army joined them with heavy rains, adding to their difficulties. In their panic, they abandoned many of their weapons and artillery. The Bulgarian losses were 887 killed and just over 4,000 wounded, while the Ottoman losses were around 1,500 killed and wounded and two to 3,000 were taken prisoner. The defeat was a disaster for the Turks, as northern Thrace now lay open to the enemy. The Ottomans brought considerable reinforcements from Constantinople. They established a defensive position consisting of a series of shallow trenches along an extended ridge. The resulting Battle of Lula Burgas, named after a nearby village, was the largest and bloodiest battle of the Balkan Wars, with 108,000 Bulgarian troops facing 130,000 Ottomans. The Bulgarian Third Army reached the Ottoman lines on the 28th of October. The attack began on the same day and by nightfall they captured the town of Lula Burgas. 
With the arrival of the Bulgarian 1st Army on the battlefield the following day, attacks continued along the entire front, but were met with fierce resistance and several counter-attacks. The Ottomans fought better than at Lozengrad, but logistical problems led to a critical shortage of artillery shells. Heavy fighting occurred for the next two days, and casualties were high on both sides. Finally, on the fifth day of fighting, the Ottomans were forced into another disorderly retreat, after both sides had suffered over 20,000 casualties. The result of the defeat was even worse for the Ottomans, because they had now lost control of all Thrace, except for the city of Adrianople, which was now under siege. The way to Constantinople now lay wide open. The Turkish forces were pushed to their final defensive position across the Chetalika Line, a ridge between the Marmara and the Black Sea, just outside the Ottoman capital. There they managed to stabilise the front with the help of fresh reinforcements from Asia. Now far from home, the Bulgarians began to suffer logistical problems. In addition, a cholera epidemic overwhelmed their army and killed roughly one in six of the soldiers. On the 18th of November, they mounted a frontal assault against well-prepared Ottoman positions, supported by naval gunfire. They suffered their first defeat when their attack was repelled with the loss of 1,482 dead, 9,120 wounded and 1,401 missing. The next day the Bulgarians withdrew from their advanced positions and assumed a defensive position in front of the Ottoman lines, leading to military stalemate. Both sides were exhausted and for the time being were incapable of further military activity. The Ottomans clung on to just three parts of eastern Thrace, at Chetalika, Gallipoli, and Adrianople. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. In the west, meanwhile, the Ottomans had the challenging task of defending Macedonia and Albania, which were vulnerable to Greek, Montenegrin and Serbian attacks, and focused on the Macedonian core around Skopje. Serbian forces advanced rapidly down the valley of the river Morava and met the Ottomans at the Battle of Kumanovo on the 23rd to 24th of October. The Ottomans had 60,000 soldiers and the Serbians more than twice as many. 
The morning of the first day of the battle was foggy, making reconnaissance difficult. The Ottomans attacked and inflicted heavy casualties on the enemy, especially the enemy's right flank. However, by the second day the Serbians were able to claim victory, making better use of their artillery. The Ottomans' offensive strategy against a much larger army had failed. The Serbs, though, missed the chance to pursue the defeated enemy and to effectively end operations in the region. Nevertheless, the Battle of Kumanovo was a decisive factor in the outcome of the war in the region. The Serbs continued to advance and entered Skopje on the 26th of October, and then the town of Bitola, known by the Ottomans as Monastir, on the 19th of November. The Ottoman plan for an offensive war had failed. Their army was forced to abandon much territory and to withdraw to Albania. They lost a significant number of artillery pieces without the possibility to reinforce because the supply routes from Anatolia were cut off by the Greek navy. The Montenegrins were less successful. Their major objectives of war were firstly in the region of Sanjak of Novi Pazar and Kosovo, and secondly the northern Albanian town of Skutari. Although they conquered the western portion of the Sanjak of Novi Pazar, they lacked the resources required to take Skutari. The Greeks, meanwhile, moved rapidly to the city of Thessaloniki. They won the first engagement against the Ottomans at the Sarantaporos Pass on the 22nd of October. The Ottomans withdrew to Yanitsa, where the two sides fought a bloody battle. The Ottomans resisted stoutly at first, but on the second day of the battle, their positions were overrun by the Greeks, who advanced east towards their goal. Thessaloniki was an important prize, sought by both the Bulgarians and the Greeks, and had a very cosmopolitan population. The Greeks, crucially, arrived a day before the Bulgarians, and the Ottoman governor, considering his position to be hopeless, entered into negotiations. The Greeks offered more attractive terms, and so on the 8th of October were given the city, although the Bulgarians still maintained their own claims. Meanwhile, in southern Albania, the Greeks laid siege to the city of Yanina. On the 3rd of December 1912, the Ottomans agreed an armistice with the Serbians and the Bulgarians, but not yet with the Greeks. This led to a conference in London at which the great powers of Europe sought a more permanent settlement for the Balkans, which would replace the Berlin Settlement of 1878. The Ottomans played for time, hoping to rest and, where possible, reinforce their army. They refused to surrender Adrianople because it commanded the European approaches to Constantinople. One of the key decisions was what to do with Albania, which the Ottomans had lost control of and whose people had their own national aspirations. Austro-Hungary and Italy were adamant that Serbia should not gain a coastline on the Adriatic. Austria went as far as to initiate a military mobilisation in order to force Serbia and its Russian sponsor to back down from claiming the province. During negotiations, a coup took place in the Ottoman capital as the Young Turks returned to power. Led by General Enver, a small group of officers 
burst into the Turkish cabinet room, shot dead the war minister, Nazim Pasha, who they blamed for the military defeats, and forced at gunpoint the resignation of the Prime Minister, Kamil Pasha. In London, talks broke down on the 3rd of February and renewed fighting centred on the sieges of three cities. Adrianople, which fell to the Bulgarians after a sustained assault on the 20th of March, Yanina, which was captured by the Greeks on the 6th of March, and Scutari, which was still under siege by the Montenegrins. A noteworthy innovation was the military use of aircraft, which had developed at a remarkable pace since their initial deployments in the deserts of Libya barely a year earlier. During the siege of Adrianople, Bulgarians used aeroplanes to carry out the first aerial bombardments in European history. The great powers were determined that Scutari should form part of the new Albanian state and sent a combined fleet to enforce their will. When the city finally fell in April, King Nakoda of Montenegro was promptly forced to hand it over. The Treaty of London was concluded on the 30th of May 1913. All of the belligerents gained ground apart from the Ottomans, who were left with the barest remnant of territory in Europe. However, most of the Victoria states were unhappy with the outcome. Serbia felt cheated of access to the sea and sought compensation in Macedonia. Bulgaria also wanted more lands in Macedonia and especially resented the Greek control of Thessaloniki. The Balkan states, arguing over the spoils of war, fell back into bitter recrimination and conflict. The Serbs and Greeks concluded a secret alliance and threatened to annex the Macedonian territories they had occupied, on which Bulgaria had a claim. Also, the Romanian government put pressure on Bulgaria to give up border territory in southern Dobruja on the lower Danube as compensation they claimed for their non-participation in the war. The Bulgarians, full of confidence after their victories over the Ottomans, rejected the demands of the Romanians. Furthermore, they sought further territory and turned on their allies, in spite of the Russians trying to restrain them and keep the Balkan League together. On the 29th to 30th of June 1913, a surprise Bulgarian attack against Serbian and Greek positions in Macedonia marked the beginning of the Second Balkan War. Although the Bulgarians enjoyed initial success, the Greeks and Serbs both quickly rallied to win resounding victories in the river valleys to the north and in the mountains to the east of Thessaloniki. Romania declared war and its army marched across the border almost unopposed and its forces encamped outside Sofia. Bulgaria's assumption that it would be protected by Russia proved entirely wrong. The Russians did not want to see the breakup of the Balkan League and were suspicious of Bulgarian designs on Constantinople and the Turkish Straits. The Balkan troops were also battle-weary, weakened by disease and suffered a high number of desertions. This dramatic turn of events encouraged the young Turks back in power to renew the war. An army under General Enver advanced from the Chatavaka defences 
where he took Adrianople with barely a shot fired and invaded Bulgarian territory. Bulgaria, through the mediation of Russia, was compelled to sue for peace and under the terms of the Treaty of Bucharest was forced to give up most of its gains, apart from a corner of eastern Macedonia and a small section of the Aegean coastline. The Bulgarians were also forced to give away control of southern Dobruja to Romania, depriving them of their most advanced agricultural areas and the chief source of her grain exports. Within a renewal of fighting, which lasted just six weeks, the Bulgarians had thrown away nearly all of the hard-won gains. Still, their territory was enlarged by 16% compared to what it was before the First Balkan War. The main beneficiaries turned out to be Greece and Serbia. Greece increased its population from 2.7 to 4.4 million and expanded its territory by 68%. Serbia almost doubled its territory and expanded its population from 2.9 to 4.5 million. For the Russians, the Balkan Wars were a disaster. Their carefully constructed system of Balkan alliances had collapsed and the most powerful state in the region, Bulgaria, was angry at Russia's failure to support it and now looked to Germany as an ally. Russia's only remaining ally in the region was Serbia and this gave the Serbs enormous leverage which they were to use to the full in 1914. The biggest loser in many ways, apart from the Ottomans, was Austro-Hungary, which now faced a successful and expansionist Serbia on her southern border. Austria had succeeded in helping create Albania in order to keep Serbia from the sea, but had been unable to prevent Kosovo and neighbouring lands being assigned to Serbia and Montenegro. The Serbians now looked to Bosnia-Herzegovina to increase their territory further, having gained more or less what they wanted in other directions from the two Balkan Wars. For the Ottomans, the Balkan Wars were a disaster, in spite of a small recovery at the end. They suffered huge numbers of casualties, as many as 50,000 had been killed, 100,000 wounded, and a further 75,000 had died from disease, mostly from cholera. The loss of Western Thrace, Macedonia and Albania was a body blow to the Ottoman Empire, which had controlled much of these territories since the 14th century. But the wars not only had redrawn international borders, they also precipitated fierce inter-ethnic violence and so changed the balance of populations across the region. Between 1912 and 1913, some 17,000 Muslim refugees fled to the Ottoman Empire. The recovery of Adrianople and Eastern Thrace at least gave a measure of confidence back to the Ottomans and restored to some extent their prestige. General Enver's victory helped to entrench the Young Turks in power and the government, for now, stabilised. The Balkan Wars of 1912-13 were important in their own right but also as a precursor to the First World War, as writes Tom Buchanan in his book War in the Balkans, quote, The Balkan Wars may not have caused world war, but they helped to prime the detonator and added to the combustible material. 
end quote. My name is Card Rydert, and you've been listening to a History of Europe Key Battles podcast. Feel free to leave comments on the Facebook page, or you can write to me directly at carl, that's C-A-R-L, at historyeurope.net. It's always great to hear from you. Next time, I relate the events leading right up to the beginning of the First World War. The episode will be entitled Countdown to Catastrophe. I hope you can join me then. Until then, all the best and goodbye.